You're listening to the 90-10 rule. 90% business, 10% music. Keep on, keep running. Trying to get my paper straight. I used to scream for bathing apes, but now I need a place to stay. Conversations change when most of you niggas stay the same. Cause I'm chasing the dream and you fold it just like a paper plane. I place the blame of my shortcomings on me and that's it. And I got hip hop as my wifey. It's just me and that bitch. It's that type of love that might just make me bleed at the wrist. It's like the mic is a shoddy or a piece with a grip. I'm putting heat in the clip and I'm squeezing that bitch. And I done turned into a dog, but all these fleas on me itch. I might not know where I'm going, but I see where they get. This is as G as it gets. It's like I'm eating for six. Without a reason to live, is a reason to die. Mama, I know you ain't okay. There ain't no reason to lie. I got the pieces in high. About to put them together. I was good for you never, but now I'm good for whatever. It's loyal. No, you ain't the real. You ain't the chosen one. Catch me in the field. I'm probably rolling something. Tell me how you feel. And baby, show me something. Baby, show me something. Now you ain't the real. You ain't the chosen one. Catch me in the field. I'm probably rolling something. Tell me how you feel. And baby, show me something. Baby, show me something. When your life is on the line, what won't you do? My daddy call me all the time. Like, don't lose you. There's gonna be a lot of haters that hope you do. But you only gotta travel down the road you choose. I'm talking freedoms. I'm talking loyalty. I'm talking kingdoms. I'm talking royalty. Gotta pay my mama back for all the time she spoiled me. When she ain't even had it, yo, she made me a priority. So now I'm bustin', bustin' until my clip dry. Don't ever put your trust in nothing. That's what I live by. I'm done with all this fucking struggling and trying to get by. Now we on our incline like they left the bitch high. And I ain't gotta win no Grammys, dog. Just play me at your barbershop. I do this for my family, dog. That's why this shit's so hard to stop. Shorty tried to trap me, but I pulled out like a parking spot. I'm straight flames, you spark a lot. I bring light to the darkest spot. The song you're listening to is Show Me Something by Kalen. You can find Kalen's self titled EP at KalenRaps.com. That's C A L E N R A P S.com. Here on the 9010. Now you ain't the real. You ain't the chosen one. Catch me in the field. I'm probably rolling something. Tell me how you feel. Baby, show me something. Baby, show me something. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the 9010 Rule. I'm Kevin Davis, and as always, I got my brother B. Jennings with me. What up, man? What's going on, listeners? What's going on, Kev? Yeah, and um, yo, we're still recording on location here at Writer Sessions of America. This is amazing, man. The, the type of, of people that are here and the connections that we're uh, that are happening are like mind blowing, yo. We're Matter witnessing fact, it, yeah. Oh well, the the all right. Well, the guest we have in here right now, man, um, Lil Eddie. Now, you might know him from being one of the, the vocal coaches from the X Factor, the singer-songwriter. Eddie, what's going on, G? What's going on, yo? What's going on, man? What's happening, man? Glad you could make it. Man, excited to be here for sure. Indeed. This is dope, man. Is this your first time coming to one of the uh, writing sessions, conferences? Yeah, this is the first uh, first year um, I went to, I, I've come to writing sessions. I didn't know that they, they've had it prior years to this, um, actually. But um, my dude, Kevin Shine, man, he's known me since I was about... 14, 15 years old in New York City. That's 
not too long ago, but no, in all actuality, it's probably like 16 years ago. He's known he's known me from being in New, in New York, just running the city, trying to um, you know, make a dollar out of 15 cent, following right. my dream. And, yeah, you know, 16 years later, I'm here now, passing, paying it forward. You know, passing mm-hmm. some Jews on to the the aspiring uh, singer songwriter producers um, that want to do what I've been blessed to and chosen to do. Awesome, awesome. Well, great. I guess let's let's talk a little bit about um, what how you got started, how you got in the industry, and and how you got to this point. Man, so I was a, uh, I was I grew up in New York City. I grew up in, in Spanish Harlem, um, 100% Puerto Rican. You know, um, uh, I I uh, I uh, I was I was walking in the train. I was singing in the train station. Actually, I was. Um, Coming home from work, I, I begged for a job at Starbucks, and I got a job at 15. You know, um, I to backtrack before then, I grew up really, really, really hard life. You know, um, I didn't really grow up. My cousins, my uncles, my aunts, my grandparents. My father was a gangster, and uh, my mother was uh, my mother. My mother's family disowned me, and and her for for marrying my father. And my father's family kind of like disowned him for being this crazy street guy, and. Uh, you know, my father's like dark skin, my mother's light skin. So just within that, it was a lot of issues for them to even be together. And um, growing up in New York, I was rescued from a burning building at five. I was homeless for three years with my entire family, um, eating out of garbage cans and stuff like that. And uh, music kind of found me, you know. I always tell people music found me. I, I was, uh, we, we finally moved to Spanish Harlem. I was born in Brooklyn when, uh, you know, Red Cross and Blue Shield helped us. And we moved into the projects. Then I I followed the, um, my brother's footsteps because it was a, a flyer for an audition for a choir called the New York Boys Choir, and I started singing in this choir. And the choir was also a ministry, but we also did a lot of amazing things and traveling the world and then had guaranteed travel on the on the fly. That was the only reason why I did it because I was like, man, that's the only way I'm gonna get out the ghetto anyway. I'm not gonna ever be able to see the world unless I do this. But it turned into like, man, you could really sing, you know? So singing was always, a, became a passion. At 13, I knew that I would want to be a singer forever. So now I'm 15, I go to high school in Times Square, performing art school, and I was coming home from Starbucks singing on the train to myself, and someone followed me, and I thought they were going to rob me. So I was like, what, what you want, man? And they were like, man, I've been listening to you sing. I know someone that can help you. So I was just like, whatever, everybody can help everybody in New York, you know, everybody's somebody in New York. So I was already accumulating demos, working with people in my high school and, and just all types of producers and stuff that I, anyone I came across from open mics or performing, I would connect with them, network and work with them. So I had a few demos and I gave it to, a, I gave it to the guy who gave it to someone else's hands and someone else. And then and two months later, I was in front of Missy Elliott, in front of Busted Rhymes in front of Puffy, and I got all these record deal offers. And I was 15 years old. And uh, by 17, I got all these offers because uh, um, I started writing around 15. So I, I, I wrote this song. Um, when I got in front of Puffy, Puffy was like, man, let me see what you can do to this. And I wrote this song, and it ended up being Carl Thomas' first single off his second album, She Is. I, I, wrote, I wrote on that song. And uh, from there, you know, I got signed as an artist and I did my artist deal and uh, everything didn't pan out the way I wanted to initially. But um, years down the line, like 16 years later, man, um, you know, now I have five number one albums in Japan, greatest hits in Japan. I'm working on my sixth album. I just had a record that dropped yesterday with um, these EDM, EDM DJs named Yellow Claw. 
um, Yellow Claw featuring Lil Eddie, and the song is called um, "We uh, We Made It," and uh, that just dropped yesterday. But in between, you know, I've, I've written songs for Jesse J, Rita Ora, Janet Jackson, Paul Abdul, uh, Charlie Wilson, Elder Barge, Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones, Omarion. I mean, I've written <laughs> wow. songs for Pink, Nelly Furtado, Hilary Duff, Kylie Minogue. So I just now I have this career and just writing all these songs for people, you know. I just also the new Nicky Jam Enrique Iglesias song, um, an English version I wrote on that, and uh, Prince Royce on Fast and Furious. So it's just turned into like a real, real huge career for me. Wow! You know? But it, I'm just this kid who came, who had a dream, who came from the ghetto, from the projects, and all the odds was against me. So I'm a living testimony, and doing things like this is the most important thing for me to to outreach and keep it real with people and 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 tell them, you know, like. You gotta stop feeling sorry for yourself. It doesn't matter where you came from. You gotta get, you know, get your ass up and find motivation and figure it out. And you have to want to want more, you know, because this, no one's gonna give you this. You have to, you have to come and take it, you know. If you want it enough, you, you're gonna keep beating the pavement till it crack, cracks open, you know. Mm-hmm. Talk a little about that process, though, because I mean, I hear the hard work and the dedication, the consistency. Would those be some, the, some of the things you see that most of the successful people in the industry have? Yeah, I mean, drive. Drive kind of goes along the longest way, I think. You know, potential. Everyone has potential, um, and, and that's as value as a grain of salt. But like, um, everyone could be given a seed, but who's gonna who's gonna plant that seed and, and watch that flower grow and feed that flower and make sure that it blooms and it grows? Some people may leave it in the sunlight too long. Some people may not water it. You know, so it depends on how you nurture your craft and how, how how much attention you put back into your craft and how relentless you are, how fearless you are. Um, are you networking? Are you in the right position? Are you in the right place? Are you, you know, now there's so many different outlets to network. When I did, when I was in the industry back in the day, there was no Twitter. There was no YouTube. There was no Instagram. There was no Facebook. None of these um, viral um media the services that you can just kind of like find people locate them you can hit someone people hit me up all the time and I respond back I've discovered producers that way writers artists um all types of things just through social media people reaching out to me so all of that is accessible now to, to the to the new age you know and uh that's that's equally as important now to to make sure that you use all outlets you know because before it was just pure footwork you know, I was I, I couldn't reach out to L.A. I didn't right. know if I didn't know people's numbers and there was nothing online to get to them. So I had to do all this footwork from New York. Right. It's not like a piece of pavement in New York City that I didn't stomp on more than <laughs> twice, you know. Right. And uh, that's how I got to where I'm at. You know, I think the this new age has a little more easier. The right. only thing that's against them is that now everybody wants to do it. And now right. there's so many writers in this. You know, now it's just like. Triple the amount of people that was in the in the game back then are are, are doing it now, and people getting discovered just by, you know, loop making and beat making, and not necessarily knowing the art of production or knowing the theory of music. Right. Um. But you know, it it is the guy who has more drive. You know, Will Smith said, "The difference between me and you is if we both got on a treadmill, you will get off first And not those is just one one of the quotes that's always motivated me. You know, and I'm like, you know what? When it comes to the treadmill of this music industry, like, you're going to get off first because I'm not going to stop, you know? Right. And I brought my New York drive to L.A., and it was like... They weren't ready for it. <laughs> no. I was beasting, you know? I was in beast mode, you know? Now now I've been living in L.A. for seven years. I bought my house out there, praise God. And uh, now I kind of know 
you know, I, I figured I figured out that this game is more ch- um, chess, not checkers. You know, right. so I'm a lot more strategic, and I'm not I'm a lot more passionate about like making sure I work on things that I really want to work on that I'm truly passionate about, and that uh, that I'm, my focus was always now to change the world as much as I can, you know, and inspire the world, not just work on something because it has a deal or right. You know, I understand the responsibility of my job now. As you were speaking about motivation, it's obvious that the physical motivation was your history, your past, and how you grew up. But, uh, you know, it sounds like you kind of fell into songwriting. What inspiration did you have? Who who did you listen to that was a writer? How did you even know you could write? Man, it's interesting. Like, you know... um, I had to do a lot of uh, backtracking once I, once I really fell in love with music. And I think I was about 13, 14 years old when I, when I was like, wow, music is my life, you know? But there was artists that were very instrumental in, like, my upbringing. Like, I remember being homeless and listening to um, and hearing Stevie Wonder in stores when we walked through stores. And I remember Lionel Richie playing in the car. Um, uh it. I remember that plane in the car and we we ran out of gas on the Brooklyn Bridge and I was um, about five or six and I had to get out the car, me and my brother system, and and help push the car across the Brooklyn Bridge that we were living in. And I just remember Lionel Richie playing. I remember that song, but I didn't know his name, you know? And then Spanish music was always a part of my culture. That would always play and exist. But I I grew up in Spanish Harlem and I was born in Brooklyn listening to Pac and Biggie and Jay-Z and then still listening to Britney and NSYNC and and, you know the beauty of being Puerto Rican is your culture as well. So I had all these influences you know. And then when I fell in love and loved music I did my my research and discovered the Beatles and discovered you know um, Carol King and more writers and Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday and Frank Sinatra you know. So I'm always a student and I still I like to go back 80, 100 years now and kind of like pick up things like that and, uh, and, uh, and figure out like where did these influence come from? Because subconsciously it just happened, you know, um, but it, the, it was, the seed was planted in me. And the more you get to know yourself and your culture and where you came from, mm. you kind of understand some of your influences, the, the gifts that you have, because everything's been done before. But when you do your research, you're like, man. I'm, I'm pretty similar to this, but probably because this is in my bloodline or because what my family been through and my ancestors. So I like to do my research, and I'm still doing a bunch of research on who I love, you know? So who are some of the people that you do love? Um, I mean, I, I love so many things, man. I, I, I admire so much music. Um, you know, like I, today, one of the questions in, in the, one of the panels um, I did called Lyrics was what was my three favorite song songwriters? And it's hard to... to to narrow that down, but you know what came to mind at the time was Carol King, Bob Dylan, and Stevie Wonder. You know, um, I mean, there's a million other songwriters that I love, but I, I I love I love a lot of voices. I love you know Donnie Hathaway, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, and then I like I said I love like Frank Sinatra, Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald. Then I love Mark Anthony and Juan Luis Guerra and um, all these other you know Celia Cruz, and I love all that stuff. Um, so and I love I, I I'm I'm really in love with like the um the trap EDM um dance music era I, I'm in love with that I love the DJ stuff so I'm I'm really hands on with that um so I, I'm I'm just like I'm a fan I'm always you know a fan of of music and um 
Back to what I said before, I like to always research my favorite's favorite cause right. and figure out where that comes from. You know? Right, the, the, the path. So, okay, so Spanish Harlem, Puerto Rican. Why is it important for young songwriters or new songwriters to know Lennon McCartney, to know Bob Dylan? Why are you, Nobody would assume that a guy from Spanish Harlem would know or respect <laughs> or even care about their craft. Why? Tell us why it's important to know those names and to know who those people are and what their inspirations are as well. Um, it was important for me to know like my favorite favorite and, and, and other other genres of music because um, you know when I first started I was writing all this like mainstream R&B music you know Carl Thomas and 112 and that's why I started in the House of Bad Boy you know writing that, that stuff and it wasn't until I went to Europe and I started to, to learn pop structure and formula in Europe and, and Scandinavia um and and realized that there was there was other ways to use um, the gifts I already had, you know, um, melodically and lyrically, and that less is more, and it's not all about a long ad lib, and you know that's just the way I expressed myself growing up, and a lot of my friends expressed ourselves, and our culture expresses ourselves with this like with this pain and this long note and this ad lib, you know, but the majority of the world wants to be able to sing along with you, and there's also <clears throat> There's a genius in Dr. Seuss, you know. That's why Green Age and Am, your grandmother knows it. The, the, the generation, you know, after us knows it. Our generation knows it. There's a genius in Dr. Seuss. It's, it's timeless. Nursery rhymes, you know, that stuff lasts forever. And uh, and digging back into to to wanting to become the one of the greatest of what I do and and become a great songwriter. I think if you want to become a great of, at anything, you you have to look at the history and the art of of what you're doing, you know, and. Uh, it was only right for me to backtrack and say, you know what? Everyone's talking about the Beatles. Let me listen to some of their songs and, and learn Sgt. Pepper, Lonely Hearts Club Band and, and learn all this stuff, the British rock symphony music. Um, and that only opened Pandora's box for me, you know? From that moment on, I was, I was educated enough to, to understand that I could use words that, that probably um, may sound too big and, uh, or, or, or the, power of, um, the power of educating our audience and uh, and not just saying the first instinct, but just digging a little deeper and peeling the onion and going down to to other layers, you know. And when you study other other writing, you you realize, man, there's so much to talk about. Like, think about it. Beatles wrote a song called Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Now that's songwriting for you, you know. Right. <laughs> like you don't even know what that song is about until you decipher it, you know. Right. So it just it just opened Pandora's box for me, man. And I always encourage any songwriter to, to, to listen to music that you don't know to, to, to listen to music you don't like and try to figure out the scientific formula of it why it works and you don't most right. hits are annoying most hits are infectious <laughs> and annoying you're like damn I hate this song but then you start singing it and you're like man it's almost like a spell you know but there's a scientific formula that works it's a reason why it's a hit Yo, I'm I'm listening to you speak, man. I, I hear the passion in your voice, and you you're running off the names of these great artists uh, off the top of your head, man. And I I hear it like when I hear uh, sports fans talk about uh, Babe Ruth or Mickey Mantle, so you know yeah. what I mean. I, I hear that, and I, I heard you say uh, talk about how you fell in love with music. Was there ever a time when you felt like it broke your heart, man? Music. <clears throat> Well, I would say that the music industry, being in the business, can be heartbreaking. Um, I'm I'm very blessed to be in the music industry, but you know this comes with success. Comes with finding the 25th hour and finding the eighth day of the week. And, you 
know, and founding it 13 months of the year. And uh, that came with a lot of sacrifice. You know, I didn't grow up with my family. I already came through hardship. Like, I, I was born in hardship, and I didn't really have a relationship. But I didn't grow up with my family. I didn't grow up doing a lot of things that my friends did. I had to sacrifice and say, man, I got to go to the studio, man. I can't be in the club, you know. I can't go and do ratchet stuff with you because I have to make sure that I'm in the studio, you know. And I had to also work, and I had to get my— I mean, I graduated high school a year early and started college when I was 15, you know. But that was these were things that I wanted for myself, you know, even though I was uh, torn between going back to the hood and selling weed and selling drugs and doing whatever it took just to, you know, still get my hood stripes. But then yet I had this dream to be something greater and just to fit in and be in Puerto Rican. My father's black and my mother's white. And, and when, it, when I'm talking about skin color and it's like, what am I? All these identity crises. But um, making an industry, there's this there's this. There's this Amazing feeling. You feel like you won a lottery ticket, but I spent a lot of time on the road. I mean, this year I probably spent like five, six months outside of the country, you know, and uh, not even, I missed holidays and birthdays, but then there's a beauty of the rewards that come come with it, you know, and um, the inspiration, it, the people you inspire, and, and being able to be one of the first people in my family to achieve more than anyone in my, you know, my family history, but, um, and the, and the rewards, you know, being able to give my family a life more than they've ever had, you know, um, th there's a blessing to that. But so it's, it, it can be heartbreaking because you feel like you sacrifice. I felt like before I sacrificed everything for music, but then, you know, music, music still kind of, it's something I'm still grabbing. Cause once you get it, once you get success is when you have to work even harder mm -hmm. to maintain success. You know, and it's almost, that's almost like a drug. Once you get a number one or something, you're like, man, I want some more of that number one. You know, I want another number one, you know. And then and that, like that saying, you know, you know, you're only as good as your last hit. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, true in this industry because some people are like, you know, you wrote that song, but what did you write this year? What, did you, what do you have on the radio now? That's, that's the kind of industry this can become. But I try not to get caught up into that. But for me, it's only heartbreaking because I spend a lot of time away from my family. I don't really get to know them as people, as friends. They just keep familiar faces sometimes. And I feel like I'm reading a script. Like, you know, I love you. I hope all is well. Can I help you? Anything you need, I got you. And then it's not really like, man, did you watch Bad Girls Club last night? You know, it's not, mm -hmm. it doesn't become as personal, you know? So that's a little bit heartbreaking. I guess finding out that, you know, you have a responsibility to the world now. You belong to the world, not just your family. So what do you do to keep that life balance? Um, I mean, like when I'm home, I don't like, I don't write music. You know, when I'm home, I watch Ratchet TV. I'm, I love, <laughs> I love reality shows. I love things that are just very, very simple because um, it allows me, it, it keeps me humble first and foremost, but also in tune with the world. And uh, it, it separates me from, being this machine that has to always write, 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 always, you know, make music for people. And it's the one thing that's mine. And um, I, I, I personally enjoy all the, like, the, the ratchet stuff. But that's just one thing I do. And then, um, you know, I read a lot. I just, I try to read a lot of books. And um, I'm always, like, on a spiritual journey, maybe because I'm just, like, a hipster somewhere deep down inside. But um, I do that. I, I mean, I, I like to just do, man, I can have fun just sitting Sitting on on some on some staircases with people that I enjoy being around, you know, um, and I have some friends that that um, are in LA now. They grew up, 
we grew up together um, in New York singing in the choir, and they moved to L.A., and I spent time with them, and they, they've been showing me, like, um, they've been kind of teaching me, like, life outside of, like, my dreams and what I want, but how to enjoy it and how to, you know, stop in the moment and say, like, this is mine and realize what I've, achie- what I've achieved, you know? Talk to us a little bit about what you have going on now. What, are you, what projects are yeah. you working on currently? Like I said, yesterday, um, man, like yesterday I had this single release, uh, DJ named Yellow Claw. I, I was on their, their last EP called Never Dies. I, I actually was the artist singing on this song, Never Dies, and I did some shows with them like we did Made in America Festival last year, and um, Kanye, John Mayer, Rita Orr, a bunch of them, you know, uh, I got to play there. They did Coachella. I was invited to go do it with them, but I was in Europe, so I didn't want, I couldn't fly all the way just to do one song. And I was like, when I do Coachella, I want to make sure I have a playlist of songs the way kind of like another artist named Matthew Coma did it. But I, I got this new song that just released with them for the album called um, We Made It, Yellow Claw featuring Lil Eddie. And that's really exciting. I just came off of the, the Fast and Furious soundtrack with Prince Royce, I did. The Nicky Jam and Enrique Iglesias song on the radio now. I did that. I'm doing some more um, stuff for Nicky Jam. Um, you know, I've, I have a lot of artist things happening for me. I, I'm working on my sixth album in Japan um, now, currently. But I also have just a bunch of artists. I'm working on this artist, um, <clears throat> Aston Marigold. He was the lead singer of J- JLS, which is a group um, that was discovered on X Factor. And... Um, uh, I worked on a, so- on a solo album. I did like more than half the album, and that's um, he's a British guy. Really excited about that work. We've been working on this album for almost three years, and that's going to be releasing soon. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I've been doing a lot of stuff for Trey songs, just a bunch of different things. It's kind of like all over the place. Charlie Wilson, I'll be working on his his next album when he ever, whenever he decides to say, "Hey, let's do that." I just did uh, some vocals and some vocal production on. Um, a song I, I uh, Kanon sang for uh, the artist Kanon sang for the musical Broadway show Hamilton. So I, I came in and vocal produced and sang for the, for for that soundtrack. Um, so it's like all over the place, man, all over the place, you know. That's I'm wild. Like, That's wild. So tell us tell us about the the idea to 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 carry your music to foreign territories as far as doing your deals in Japan. What was what was the the what happened with that? Why was that a choice? Um. That was kind of what, like when I when I did my deal initially, I did like uh, I was doing like Soul Train and all this stuff, and I was one of the first artists to to get music leaked on YouTube. So I, you know when my deal went sour, I thought it was all in vain, but it leaked on YouTube, and then Ryan Leslie came back and was like, "Man, your stuff is huge in Germany," and I was like, "Yeah, whatever, get out of here." <laughs> so he was like, "Dude, you have some official hits in the clubs in Germany." So I was wow. like, "Okay, cool." He said, "I'm gonna connect you with this promoter," and he did. And the promoter reached out, and then I was touring Germany for years, for about four years, just going to clubs, performing, and everybody knew the words. And I was just like, "Wow, this is crazy," you know. And that was that opened the gate to to outside of America and, and realizing that there's more than a dollar. There's the yen, there's the there's <laughs> right. a pound, there's all these stuff, right? So um, labels started reaching out to me um, via MySpace um, from Japan, from Asia. And I thought it was fake at first, but it wasn't, you know? And then there was this one offer that was just like, okay, we have to do it. I met this lady by the name of Tamayo, who I consider no, not only a business partner, but a guardian angel in my life. And she... Um, she brokered my deal. She got my deal out there, and um, now five. I did. Uh, I opened up for Neil out there, and that kind of put me like 
once I opened up for Neo, it was like 30,000 people. I was like number one immediately, you know? Wow. And then I have now I'm like 10, 11 number ones as an artist in Japan and um, toured, <laughs> do tours and stuff like that. I have a greatest hits album. That's kind of like insane. <laughs> but now, now I'm working on my six. So it kind of like... It kind of just organically happened, you know. It, it was the it was an opportunity presented to me, and I was like, let me just take it and see where it goes. It wasn't because the money was just outrageous at first or anything like that, but I was just like, hey, man, it's a territory that's embracing me. It's a good deal. Let me just do it. It was a one-off just for that territory. I did it, and it became, you know, a career out there as an artist, you know. And and some of my stuff that I did, like I have a number one with a. T-Boz from TLC as a, and uh, Amarie and Maya. So I do a lot of collaborations in that country. And some of that music also finds its way back to America and other territories in Asia, you know? So it's... Uh, do you even release in America at all or... Yeah, like the Yellow Claw stuff is in America. Um, a, lot of, a lot of stuff I'm releasing now in America is more... Uh, a, lot, a lot more on the trap, trap EDM side. Um, I have something else though that is... That I can't. It's so huge that I can't even talk about. So I'm, I'm still, my fingers are very are crossed. Um, but this is a feature with with the icon. It's wow, just, it's beyond my comprehension. You know, so it's like you said, Akon. No, no, it's an icon. icon. <laughs> <laughs> with the icon, icon so right? it's, uh, you know, it's something that, um, you know, God willing, when it goes down, everyone's gonna be like, wow, this is just, this is unbelievable. You know, so it's. My career like has turned into things that I never thought it would become, like becoming a vocal coach on X Factor and being a, a very instrumental part on discovering Fifth Harmony and putting that together, you know, and seeing where they are now and things like that. And Cody Simpson being a part of that little boy since day one, you know, like so. It's my career has turned into all these different titles and. But I, I love it, man. I, I love it, you know. And that things may not necessarily be exactly the way you wanted them, but they're always greater than you imagine. And all this from Spanish Harlem, man. So yeah, from, yeah, yeah, from crackheads in the staircases, girls getting raped in my staircase. This is know? all bonus now. It seems like you know, just the the oh, first yeah, number man. one was the was the the pie, but now this is bonus. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, and I, it's all because I give the glory to God. You know, I, I wish He's the center of my life. He's a He's, I, I just, I'm just the vessel, for real, for real. You know, that may sound cliche or whatever, but that's the, that's the very honest truth, you know? So looking back through all those years, if you could give one piece of advice to, you know, an upcoming, what would be the, the, the thing that you would key in on? Well, you know what? I look back at a lot of pictures of when I was younger, and, um, you know, when I, got, when I signed my deal and um, things were happening for me, I was in the studio with Usher working on Confessions. Janet Jackson just cut my song. I was like 17 at Carl Thomas on the charts and Gorilla Black and Marijuana, all these records I wrote. And I had the money now and I had a, a better life, but I wasn't happy and I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't believe. When I looked in the mirror, I still seen that kid. They was eating out of garbage cans, you know. They was eating out of ba plastic bags, waiting for 12 o'clock to happen, and eating the, the donuts they were throwing away from Dunkin' Donuts. I still seen that poor kid. And uh, now when I look at myself, I'm like, man, I was, I had it together. I was a little fly dude. You know, I wish I would have known my power and believed in myself a lot more in that in that moment, you know. Live live in that moment, not 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 the past and not the future, but learning to live in the moment of now. Is very very powerful in itself, and just taking it in and, and and not being cocky, but being confident. You know, a lot of people are fishing. Like today, people are fishing for compliments. Oh, that's a good song. That's a good lyric. But it's like you have to get to know yourself as a person. That's something I learned. You have to get to know yourself 
And it doesn't matter what critique someone gives you. If it's a positive critique or if it's just a critique in becoming better, you have to take that also with a grain of salt and say, you know what? I'm going to consider that. Thank you. If that's how you feel, thank you. You like what you like this, thank you. But you have to know who you are and live in the power now and believe in yourself and be confident, you know? And I, I always like to encourage people to uh to really, really get to know themselves and love themselves. Yo, that was a blessing, man. I'm glad you had the opportunity to to that we had the opportunity. Yeah, to yeah. likewise. Like, I'm 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 thankful for this platform, man. This is a very important platform because I tell people People want to be in the music business, but they always um, abandon the word business, you know? Mm-hmm. Not just music. Mm-hmm. Right. Music business. So it's always good to learn your business. And any way I could also inspire people, I think, you know, there's not also enough Latinos in the game. There's no other Latino I could look at this, that could say they did what I did. So I really feel chosen, you know? Um, and I, I want to be a face for, for my youth on Latinos of all color, you know? Because Latinos are of African descent also. I want to be a, a, a face for the minority that, that now is the majority, you know, and, and tell people, repeat these things that, that they hear from here and there, but they got to see it from somebody that's, that's walked those shoes that's still relatable. Yeah. They say, hey, man, I, I like your jacket, Eddie. They think I'm cool, so maybe that they'll, they'll listen to me a little bit more, you know what I mean? That's really a goal in my heart. That's, this is, that's more than half the reason why I do what I do, you know? Yeah. That's dope, man. Hey, thank you again, man. Thank this you was guys, ab- man. Oh, yes. <laughs> Do you want to give out social media or anything? People, people, sure. the ways people can get in touch with you, man. Um, follow me on my Instagram, uh, Lil Eddie Forty Four. That's L I L E D D I E Four Four. Once again, at Lil Eddie Forty Four. That's my Instagram, and my Twitter is um, at Lil Eddie Serrano. My last name. That's L I L E D D I E S E R R A N O. Once again, Lil Eddie Serrano. Serrano like the pepper. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. You know, hit me up. I like to respond to people all the time, um, especially when I have time. So peace, love, and blessings, and always put God first, man. Little Eddie, thank you so much for your time and for your story. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank yeah. you guys, man. I appreciate visit it. Visit us at the 9010rule.com. That's 9010rule.com.